Well, I have to say I'm impressed. Nobody got hurt in that endeavor. And I'd have to say I'm a little out of breath, too, just watching, just watching. Yeah, we got some love, all right. Got some love. Uh, this morning's scripture asks us to ask ourselves if we're awake yet. And then kind of probes us a little bit and says, are you sure you're awake? You know, because it's the beginning of Advent now. It's the beginning of the season of time where we watch and we wait. And John the Baptist is saying, kingdom's coming near. Change your hearts and change your lives. Are you awake? Because if you're not awake, it's not going to happen. So how are you doing today? Are you awake? Even after that beautiful music and the wonderful running around of the sanctuary that brightens us up and makes us a little bit more alert, we still might wonder, you know, uh, when John the Baptist comes along, are we awake? Are we awake in the way that this preacher prophet is asking us to be, to change our hearts and change our lives? I don't know about you, but Christmas comes along and, and it just gets sort of busier. It's sort of like one of those things to add on to the list. So it just starts going a little bit faster, a little bit faster, a little bit busier, and a little bit busier. And we are asked in the moment of all of this numbing rush, are you awake? Have you taken a breath? Have you invited God to be a part of this time of year for you? Have you awakened from your sleep? Do you know that the kingdom is near? Christmas isn't an emergency. But there's a sense of urgency of God trying to be known to you again. For the sacred to find a place in your life. Sometimes you just have to stop and take a breath. Right now, take a breath. Breathe. Come back to your body and breathe. Just in that moment, invite God to be present with you fully in a moment where you can stop rushing and breathe. You know, but God, I'm really am busy. This list is really long. You know, I do have a lot to do. Breathe. Let God interrupt you. Let God interrupt your plans so that you might be in touch with your heart. You might be in touch with your life. So when someone comes along and says, stay awake, it's time to change, you might have an inkling what in the world they're talking about and how it resides in your body. You know, Advent is like that two-minute warning bell you get at football games. Remember two-minute warning when the horn would go off some of you years ago? They don't do it as much anymore in the same way. But at that time when the horn went off, when we were out on the field and we would be watching and we'd be, every play was important. Every play became important. You know, those long passes that they didn't catch? The king, everyone went, ooh, ah. You know, it was all about getting to the end of the game and seeing what happened. Each and every moment mattered. It was as if time sometimes expanded and took much longer, and sometimes it went way too fast, depending on who won and who lost. But that bell at the end saying, the game is near. And our senses perked up, and we paid better attention than we had been throughout the rest of the game. Those two minutes were just so important, being awake, being alert. That's what Advent is asking us to do. At this moment in time, be awake. Kingdom's coming near. Are you ready for God to interrupt your life? Are you ready for God to interrupt your life? Stay awake, because it's about to happen. God's going to do the same old thing again in the same way. And unless you're awake, you're just going to miss it. 
because it's all about creating new life for you over and over and over again. Sometimes things have to come into our lives to wake us up. Sometimes a challenge, sometimes a new relationship, sometimes a new job, sometimes a loss. Sometimes those things will come in and we'll be alert again for a while until we fall ourself, fall back to sleep again. You know, it can be periods of time, but this season God asks us to stay awake. I want to know if you've seen this movie called The Bucket List with Jack Nicholson in it. And uh, it's a wonderful film when someone wakes up, someone gets this diagnosis, and so they start to make this list called a bucket list. And as they make the list, they start to, in the movie, they start to go through and cross all of the th items off because all of a sudden they were alert. Time is precious. Time matters. We have to get this done now. So I wanted you to see this clip. When they first meet each other, uh, the two persons in the hospital and decide to take a trip together because life has become precious. What is this? Give it back. It's on the floor. I didn't know it was a state secret. My freshman philosopher professor signed this exercise. He called it a bucket list. We were supposed to make a list of all the things we wanted to do in our lives before we kicked the bucket. Cutesy. I was going to redo the list. But then help a complete stranger for the good. Laugh until I cry. Not to be judgmental, but this is extremely weak. Well, it's pointless now. I would argue the exact opposite. All right, that's it. What are you doing? We'll rewrite that song. I mean, don't you want to go out with guns blazing? Now we're on to something. We are on to something? Uh-huh. Let me see that. Come on. <laughs> Kiss the most beautiful girl in the world? How do you propose doing that? Volume. <laughs> Morgan just breaks out laughing. How do you plan to do that? You know, uh, what, what about that is even important to do in this time? He says, volume. I'll kiss lots of girls. That way I'll find the most beautiful girl in the world to kiss. So they start on this journey of marking these things off their bucket list. But the question is, is it going to become just a list of things to achieve? Or are they going to become those moments where they invite God in and they're going to become sacred? Because we can do lists lots of ways. We can go about this busyness adding on to our chores in different ways. What are they going to do now that they have this new awareness that they have less time? How are they going to make it more sacred? Are they going to finish up matters at work? Are they going to travel to places they already wanted to go? What would you do? Would you pray more, go to church more, do that generous thing you had always planned to do but never gotten around to? Would you find a way to leave your own mark on the world? Would you heal relationships that are fractured? What would you do with the time? What would you do when the two-minute warning has been blown and you're told, this is what you've got left. So Advent is that two-minute warning for us. God is saying, the kingdom is near. Wake up. Pay attention. Time is precious. Well, there was a time when we didn't get any warning, a time when we just didn't know. We really, really just didn't know. 
then we did know, and we woke up. Some of us came out. Some of us acted up. Some of us made a difference to get funding for HIV and AIDS resources. Some of us went to memorials and funerals. Some of us planned them. Some of us sat bedside. Some of us prayed. This congregation buried 190 of its members during those years. We woke up. But some other people chose to stay asleep. Even after all that time, it was a long time before our president would say the word AIDS. Just chose not to be awake. So sometimes we get surprised. No warning. What does it mean? And uh, at that time, I think even some of us chose to stay asleep, to stay away, because it's going to hurt too much. I don't know if I can be involved in this endeavor where God's asking me to be so vulnerable. And still today, we wonder, are we awake? 260,000 children a year are newly infected with HIV-AIDS around the world. 260,000. Each day, 6,000-plus persons become HIV-infected in the world. And we're not away from that here in Houston, where the population continues to grow and grow, and especially among young people. Are we awake? Do we know that if we get people tested, that they can get on treatment? When they get on treatment, their lives change and their lives extend. But more importantly, when they get on treatment, or as importantly, they no longer infect other people. We've been able to get the viral loads down so much that the amount of transmission when someone's on treatment is so low as to be minimal. Did you know that? Are we awake to the importance of having people get tested and get on treatment to reduce transmission in this world? You know, we do, treat, we do testing over here in the gathering place quite often. Encourage your friends to stay awake and to take care of themselves and so doing take care of others so that we can find a world where we can have no transmissions and a world where all people find treatment and able to live lives. Are we awake? Are we willing to have our hearts and our lives affected? John the Baptist says, are you willing to change? The kingdom comes near. You may be marked by it. The mark you may remember your whole life. Are you willing? Are you willing to engage? Are you willing to wonder? Are you willing to learn? Are you willing to be transformed? Our world is fractured in so many ways. It can paralyze you. It can overwhelm you. It can make you want to go to sleep and not pay attention to what's going on around you. Can I just pull the covers over my sheets and not pay attention, and maybe if I wake up in a decade, it'll be different? You know, can I do that? John says, wake up, be awake, be willing to change, the kingdom is near. We have signs of that recently in the U.S., in Ferguson, in Missouri. You know, what does it mean when the only answer we have is violence? The violence of a teenager dead in the streets, the violence of riots and crowds. What does it mean in our world that we've come to the place where this is the solution of what's happening I've watched Facebook this week. Many of you have posted your responses and your answers. This is the reason this happened, and I know why. Then the next person posts. This is the reason, and I know why. Then the next person posts. I'm so tired of everybody saying they know why. You know? But what's true of each person that posted, if they've come out of their own personal experience of pain, 
their own personal experience of hurt, and they've said, this is my truth. And I see it. I see it. I see it in the violence. I see it in the brokenness. I see it in what's going on. Are we awake yet? You know, because it was just this kind of time that Jesus was born. It's just this kind of world of violence that Jesus was born into. We are no different today than they were back then with oppressors and oppressed, with the marginalized. We are no different from people being out and people being in. And it's into that world, it's into today that Jesus is born. But, Bo, wouldn't we just rather be asleep? Or would we rather God do it for us? God, come along. Don't expect anything of me. You know, just do what you do, God. Have a flood. Start over. Send some horsemen. You know, let's have a clean slate. You know, come on, God, do something. You know, I don't want to have to do this myself. God, the two-minute warnings sign is there. John the Baptist is saying, change your hearts and lives. The kingdom is coming near. And in that moment, we have to breathe. We have to stop being busy. We have to listen. We have to open up some sacred space around us and some sacred time where we can hear our own hearts and hear our own bodies and be able to respond when everything around us is so fractured, even ourselves. This is the candle of hope today, because in that place and in that time, God is born. The challenge is how do we live in the intensity of these last days or these last moments or time being different and still live our regular lives? What does it mean to do both, to be awake, to be attentive, and to live as if we won't have a tomorrow? What does it mean to do all of that together? Sometimes it takes us a while to get it, what it means to being awake, and what it means to see the sacred in everything around us, and have all those lists be transformed into something different. And as we continue the journey with the two men from the bucket list, as they're going down their list of things, and remember we had the one who said, I'm going to kiss the most beautiful girl in the world, and I want, to see, I want you to watch this clip and see how that gets transformed. Dear Edward, I've gone back and forth the last few days trying to decide whether or not I should even write this. In the end, I realized I would regret it if I didn't. So here goes. I know the last time we saw each other, we weren't exactly hitting the sweetest notes. Certainly wasn't the way I wanted the trip to end. I suppose I'm responsible. And for that, I'm sorry. But in all honesty, if I had the chance, I'd do it again. Virginia said I left a stranger and came back a husband. I owe that to you. There's no way I can repay you for all you've done for me. So rather than try, I'm just going to ask you to do something else for me. Find the joy in your life. You once said you're not everyone. Well, that's true. 
You're certainly not everyone. But everyone is everyone. My pastor always says, our lives are streams flowing into the same river towards whatever heaven lies in the mist beyond the falls. Hello, sweetie. Hi. Find the joy in your life, Edward. take you. Mm. Kiss, the most beautiful girl in the world. Traveled all around the world, crossing all those things off their list, trying to get them done, and the sacred is right around us. Healing a fractured relationship. He got to meet his granddaughter for the first time. From healing a fractured relationship. Sacred time can be any time we stop and take a breath. Anytime we stop and take a breath and invite God into the situation, into the moment with us, and then act out of that place and out of that moment, awake to what's going on around us. The Buddhists spend a lot of time with this concept of being awake, being spiritually awake in a state of awareness. And uh, Buddhist monk uh, Thich Nhat Hanh writes this, in Buddhism, our effort is to practice mindfulness in each moment to know what is going on within and all around us. When the Buddha was asked, sir, what do you and your monks practice? He replied, we sit, we walk, and we eat. The questioner continued, but sir, everyone sits, walks, and eats. And the Buddha told him, when we sit, we know we're sitting. When we walk, we know we're walking. And when we eat, we know we're eating. Most of the time we are lost in the past or carried away by future projects and concerns. When we are mindful, touching deeply the present, we can see and listen deeply. And the fruits are always understanding, acceptance, love, and the desire to relieve suffering and bring joy. When a beautiful child comes up to us and smiles, we are completely there for her. Sit, eat, walk, but we know it. Have you seen someone recently walking down the sidewalk, doing their phone at the same time? Do they know they're walking? Sacred time is being in the moment, in the activity that we're doing and being present to ourselves and to others, living with intensity that moment. Not the next one, not the one that was yesterday, but that one right then. And breathing, not being too busy, Breathing, getting ready. If you don't take that breath, you still haven't awakened from your sleep to see that the kingdom is near. If you don't, you won't know your own heart. You won't know your own life. And so when John the Baptist knocks on your door and says it's time to change, you won't know what John's talking about, even if John is clear. There may be those curves and climbs, but when it's time to wake up, we know it's our time. And if you breathe and invite God in, you will know you will be able to stay in sacred time. Time where the fractures of the world don't overwhelm us, where they're real and present, and we mourn and we find a way to work together. Time where the fractures of our systems aren't addressed shallowly 
but we dive in to go deeper, to wonder where God will bring us out to a different solution. Time where despair can turn into hope. And not just God fix it, send a flood. No. God says no to that. God says, I'm going to reach into the world and transform your prayers and dreams. This Advent, breathe. I'm going to reach into this world with my divine hope so that you may know the kingdom is near. Are you listening? Are you breathing? Let me interrupt you people for a moment. I'm going to interrupt this world with me, myself, and I. I'm going to have some sacred time with you, maybe 30 plus years. I am going to sit and walk and eat with you right now, right here in this fractured place. Breathe. Here I am, ready to be born, ready to heal, ready to be fractured for you again and again on a cross, at the table, for you. Breathe. I'm ready. Come to your own heart and your own life. Receive this Advent, God's gift. Fractured, but whole, just for you. Amen.